Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everyone. For those of you familiar with the Lacey Peterson case, you know the circumstances around her death. It can be difficult to listen to. I wanted to make sure you understood that we do talk about some difficult topics in this, and please feel free to skip the episode if any of that triggers you. Oh, and we use bad language. Welcome to Little Miss Recap, the podcast where if you're not down the rabbit hole already, you're gonna be after listening to this episode. You went way further down the rabbit hole than I did, but I appreciate the things you sent me from the rabbit hole. Amanda, I only sent you oh, a I'm sure. sliver of oh, the I'm rabbit sure. hole. I was, down. I was on Reddit till probably about one o'clock last night. Oh, honey. It's not that serious. I mean, it is kind of that serious. It's, it's about <laughs> Our coverage murder. of it isn't that serious. Our coverage of it is not that serious. The story itself is incredibly serious, particularly to the people who love both Scott and Lacey. But sure. not to uh, not to us, the story itself. But Guys, this you know. we're talking Scott Peterson today, and this is one of those cases where it's just maddening. It's maddening. 22 years later, we're still talking about this shit. I have a few announcements before we jump really far into this. Okay. If you like what you're hearing here and you want to hear us talk about sister wives and other culty stuff when we come across culty documentaries, et cetera, et cetera, Gen X Corner, all that fun stuff, jump on Patreon, Supercast, Apple subscriptions for mm-hmm. Little Miss Recap Extra. <laughs> it just helps support the show. Like I said in my little rant yesterday. Um, we don't. We hardly make anything off of advertising. Mm-hmm. So your donation literally goes directly to pay these fine people for what what they deserve for the work they're doing, and, and also to to keep the podcast going. So, okay. Also, 
hope this, so this is going to drop Saturday. So Sister Wives will be out Sunday morning. And also we hope you enjoyed Sister Wives with Dr. Adam. We had such a good time. He is a delight. I, I'm apologizing in advance for the audio. <laughs> I think it's not. We had some be challenges, great, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I might be able to pull it out in the end. We have no idea. TBD. Also, uh, single life coming up. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Single life. I mean, as we're speaking, it dropped this morning. I was just listening to it. Uh, and then we'll have another single life coming up on Tuesday, and then. Uh, you will also have next week after you hear this, you'll have your hell camp with Jenny. Yes. Yes. That's on the ladies of a certain age tier on Mm -hmm. Patreon. We do, um, a Gen X, like I said, Gen X themed doc or movie or something every month. This week, this month we did hell camp teen nightmare. Okay. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait. Well, it wasn't fun, but you know, it's like this. It's not fun, but it's fun. Oh God. Um, That's looked like hell and then Literally. finally finally seeking sister wife is coming back march 4th amanda and i will have it we will have you covered large wife to small wife large wife to whoever the <laughs> corollary is to large wife i'm i think we think the davises are back I oh they're so. back good and nick is is nick still sitting around thinking i need to well, know he's raising a baby now so maybe he's thinking as right. he's changing the diapers i don't know Whatever this guy did to pull off this life, kudos to you, my man. Kudos he to is, you. He's doing more than I ever could. Yes. yes you know what he's, I mean? he's got his life. He's sitting in that house reading stuff, thinking, and telling his wives about it. Oh, it's man. very busy thinking. So that will be there. And then Steph and I are going to do Love is Blind. Um, I don't think we're going to do episode by episode. I think we're going to do drop by drop. Okay. So first like you drop, and I did. Second drop. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So that will be coming out. And then uh, that's it for now. That's all we have on the horizon for right now. So why don't we head over to Modesto, California? Yeah. Which tries to sell itself as a lovely place, but apparently is not so much. Oh, my God. When that documentary took a turn, I was like, like let's Whoa. talk. About- yeah, what is- I actually wrote it down what they said about it. Uh, Modesto, murder, meth, and auto theft. Yeah. I mean, Great. same to be said for Scranton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every city has. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's just get this out of the way. Okay. <laughs> what are we getting out of the way? I she gets this look on her face and I don't know what's coming. It's scary. I am coming at this with a very certain point of view, but I will say I went into the doc. I'm coming to this podcast with a point of view. I went into the documentary. Okay. Objective. Okay. And I was like, and this is why I was telling Amanda, we would be really good jurors because we really do try Mm -hmm. to see both sides. And that's what I really tried to do. I loved being on a jury. I really enjoyed it. I I think where I landed, do we want to talk about where we landed first? Sure. Go ahead. So I think where I landed is, I think he's guilty. Okay. But I don't think I would be able to convict him to death. Number one, I don't believe in the death penalty. Yeah, but I couldn't number, have been sat on that jury because right. no matter what, because if they had asked the second question, which is the important question, mm-hmm. despite your beliefs, could you give that I as a sentence? I couldn't do it. So they would kick me out immediately. But I do think that even if people believe in the death penalty, this is not a good death penalty case. No. There's no. too much, like, I feel like I believe 97% he is guilty. 
Mm-hmm. But I think even if there's that 1% doubt, you don't put somebody to death. I so agree. I, I say, agree. let him have his appeals. Let him have all the stuff he's doing. Let him try. Well, and he's already, lo- the death penalty's already been taken off. So yes, he, and he already still lost him the appeal. He already lost the appeal that they talked about in this case. Right. Here's my thing. I feel similarly to Scott Peterson as I do to the Adnan Saeed case, the one that was covered on Serial. Yes. She came up recently in the trash bags. Ace was talking about it or someone was talking about it and Ace had a strong opinion. I feel similarly to this. I feel it is more likely than not that Adnan and Scott did, did these murders more likely than not. I don't think the state proved the case though. Right. Right. And that's where I get hung up. Like, you know, I was married to a public defender. I believe deeply that our system depends on quality defense for everybody who's accused of a crime. It's the only way this all works. Mm-hmm. But then that also means that the prosecutor has to prove a case. Right. And and, and, and to I be don't clear, know if they did. To be clear. I think he did it. I'm. I think it's much more likely than not that he did it. I went back but and I. But I don't think that you're right. I don't think the cops did their jobs. No. And I don't think that they proved the case. But I. I believe personally that he did it, mm-hmm. and I'll go through why. Yeah. Okay. Also, can we talk about how much I really dislike Nancy Grace? Can we talk about how much I dislike Nancy Grace, and how much Janie Peterson might be in love with her brother-in-law? It's real weird. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing for her sister to be like real into yes, it. I get yes, that. Yes. Kind of weird. The level at which his sister-in-law is going to town on this. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Oh, that's another thing I want to talk about. This documentary was made by a woman oh, who is so friendly biased. with the Peterson family mm-hmm. and is completely biased. It really, really is. When I was reading, like, here's a small example. In one of the final episodes, they they talk about the mailman. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they say that the jury never got to hear that evidence. That mailman testified. I read his testimony. (laughs) So, like, what is going on Yeah, there are a lot of things. There are a lot of things they picked up and not. And I didn't even think about her bias until you said, oh, she's very close with the Peterson family. And then it, it occurred to me. We never got an interview with Sharon Rocha in this documentary. No, that's all from a a past. All just excerpts of other interviews. And I got to tell you, I love her so much. I do too. I have so much sympathy and empathy for her. I do too. I also have sympathy and empathy for Scott's parents. I do. For the mother, I do. For the mother, I do. For the mother. And I do. The father's a sleaze bag and we'll get to it. Okay. We can totally get to the sleaze bag of it all, but. Also, it's your kid. Like, I I know, but I also yeah. think the father gave him real bad advice. Oh yeah, for sure. The for father sure. told him not to cooperate. Right, right. And then the father's sure. on the father's on like some of these talk shows saying, "Oh, cheating on your wife is okay. Like ninety five percent of men do it. Come on, what's the problem? I'm like, dude, yeah. don't, uh, okay, uh, not right. a good look. Okay, and and I do have a rebuttal to. Oh, but he's just a cheater, not a murderer. I agree. Lots of men cheat and don't kill anybody. Lots of women cheat and don't kill anybody. I don't think that's what happened here. No. (laughs) No. All right. Okay. So, Amanda, I wanted to ask you, this happened in uh, 2003, the majority of it. You Mm -hmm. were missing Christmas 2002. Do you remember it? I do. 
I remember I really it very do. well too. It was everything. It, it was, it was it everywhere. Was the, it was the zeitgeist. And I liked the one thing I did like about the documentary, particularly in the early parts is comparing it to what was going on in the Iraq war. Cause we invaded Iraq in 2003. Did you need to see Donald Rumsfeld ever again? I did not need to see Donald Rumsfeld ever again, but here we are. We did. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was a really interesting juxtaposition because we had both the election. Yes. That came up as well as the Iraq war. And the interesting, I thought it was an interesting commentary just on media as a, as a whole, the fact that the murder of this one lone cute pregnant woman has overcome all other news that impacts so many more people. Yeah. But we do that in this country when cute white women in particular disappear. Yes. We lose we our saw, ever fucking We minds. saw that Evelyn Hernandez, a Latina yeah. woman. Didn't who give a shit about missing. her. No one covered it. Nope. No one gave a shit. All if right. her name had been Evelyn Smith, yep, probably would have learned all about it. Okay. So episode one is called Missing in Modesto. So the way that the documentary split up, guys, is there's six episodes. The first three take you right up to the moment that Scott is arrested. So Scott Peterson is convicted of first degree murder of Lacey and Connor and sentenced to death. We see that right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's in San Quentin and he's speaking first time publicly. Okay. in recorded phone calls. He's on the phone with Janie. Oh, Janie, Janie, Janie. <sighs> and he's saying the day that the verdict was read, he was stunned and had no idea it was coming. Okay. It was interesting to hear him. I, I don't want to have any empathy for him. But it's interesting to hear his experience of hearing that verdict mm-hmm. and just the visceral thing that happened in him. Like, I just felt like I was falling and falling and falling and I was never going to, like, hit the... Can you imagine sitting there and all of a sudden you're convicted of murder? Yeah, I mean, I don't like, know what he thought was going to happen. I don't know what he thought was going to happen either, but I think he was so sure he was going to get off. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think he's a sociopath, but go ahead. He's probably somebody who's, uh, I'm going to sound real biased, but I will, I will talk about like, you know, moments I thought, okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe he didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's gotten off of a lot of trouble in his life because of his smile and his, you know. He's charming and he's handsome. Yeah. Gets you real far in life. So the first thing that we hear is Scott talking to Al Burkini the night that Lacey is reported missing. So the he, vitriol with which Janie Peterson says, Burkini. I know. Burkini. I know. She has dedicated her life to this. You know she went and like got a law degree and passed no. the California bar. Yes. Oh, my God. They get up, he says, and Lacey had cereal. She has to eat first thing in the morning or she gets sick. Mm-hmm. Between 9 and 10 a.m., he says, they watch Martha Stewart. He said Lacey was going to straighten up, mop the floor, and take the dog for a walk. He was going golfing, but he decided at the last minute... That it was too cold. So he just decided to go fishing. Uh-huh. The Amanda. timing of the fishing license is everything to me. That's the thing that's that completely turned me back. He bought the fishing license December 20th. Right. And had to fill in the dates. And, and it was a two-day license. And the 24th. Yep. Yes. So he didn't just decide. No. And I don't know about you, but I've spent some time in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. I have to. It's cold on the bay. Sure is. If it's too cold to golf, it's probably too cold to be out on a boat on the San Francisco Bay. Uh-huh. It's real it's way colder there than it would be on his golf course, let's put it that way. Yeah. The roaches claim that he they didn't even know he had a boat. 
Okay, this is which I found really interesting because given the relationship between Lacey and her mother, I feel mm-hmm. like Lacey and her mother are close in the way that my mom and I are close and that we talk yes. almost every day. It, like, there's no world in which Todd would buy a boat and my mother wouldn't know within 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. It just wouldn't yeah. happen. Yeah, I agree. So between 920 and 940, a neighbor says he sees Scott loading big umbrellas into his truck. Yeah. Why do we need Pulled big umbrellas? Backed up to the house, loading big umbrellas into the house. He goes to his warehouse, which is three miles away. From 1030 to 1056, he is on a company computer looking at info regarding putting together a new tool and sending an email to his boss telling him happy Christmas, whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, I feel like the sending of the email was way too intentionally timed. I would need to know. Did he send Christmas emails every year? Right. I would need Is this to know something that. he did before mm-hmm. in life. Then he goes to fish in the Berkeley Marina, which is about ninety miles from his warehouse. So he drives also, an hour and a half. Also, yeah. Also, going ninety miles each way on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but like. I have things to do Christmas Eve. When your wife is eight and a half months pregnant. You got a lot to do on Christmas Eve because they were going to host Christmas Day. It's it's weird, but that's not to me a red okay. flag. Okay? okay. Like a dad fucking off and going and doing his own thing on a holiday while mom's home doing all the work is not uncommon in my opinion. Okay. It's not. It's not. You are correct. <clears throat> so at 1018, Karen Service... She's a neighbor across yep. the street. Observes their dog, Mackenzie, walking around outside the home and he has a leash on. She sticks him in the yard. Now, I'm worried about Mackenzie. What happened to Mackenzie? Who got Mackenzie? Well, we see Scott walking him later. Yeah, so but then Scott he gets arrested. Him. What happened to Mackenzie? Oh, I don't know. This is interesting because when when Karen originally gives her time and her uh, statement to the police, she says 1030. Ah, and then it was 1018. Yes. So, and she has a few things to help triangulate the time. She has a receipt from when she was at the store. She has blah, blah, blah. But it's still not exact. No, no. Unless there was a camera that tracked the exact moment she was there, there's no way to really know the exact moment she was there. We don't know. Hmm. It's about 1020, 1030. Okay. Now, Scott produces a marina, a Berkeley Marina parking receipt from 12.54 p.m. He just had it in his pocket. Here it is. Scott right. this. Not the one on the 23rd. Not the gas mm-hmm. receipt. At 2.15, Scott leaves a voicemail. Hey, beautiful. It's 2.15. I'm just leaving the marina. Won't have time to get that basket I promised for Papa, so hoping you could do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to make her drive and get this basket. See you in a bit, sweetie. Love ya. 4.30, Scott drops the boat off at the warehouse. He gets home. He comes home. He finds the dog in the yard with the leash mm-hmm. and the back door unlocked. Lacey's car and purse in the house. Well, the car's not in the house. Car's in the driveway. Purse is in the house. And he doesn't, nothing is, He. she's eight and a half months pregnant and no right. alarm is raised. But supposedly they live in a terrible, terrible area. Right, yeah. I can't imagine there's a world in which I'd come home. And even without a pregnant wife, like if I came home and I saw Todd's keys and his car in the garage and on the place he puts his keys, and I saw a dog, we don't have a dog, but if I saw our dog in the backyard with a leash, I'd be like, 
And the door unlocked. And the door unlocked. What is happening here? Mm -hmm. This is not normal. Yep. But what does Scott do? He takes his clothes off, throws them right in the washer. He showers. He eats some pizza. And then he decides to call Sharon. Now, Mm -hmm. in the testimony that was presented in court, he also made a call when he was on his way home from the marina to his next door neighbor and said, and the neighbor swears that Scott said, and he had a voicemail, wondering if you and your wife, whatever, say their names are Ted Ted and Jane. Hey, Ted, it's Scott Peterson. Wonder if you or Jane saw Lacey yesterday or today. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Because then that gets down to what was she wearing? Yes. So he gets home, like I said, da, 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 does all that stuff. Then he calls Sharon and he's like, hey, is uh, Lacey there? Because, you know, her car's here and the dog's here, but she's not. 5.47 p.m., Ron, the stepfather, calls 911. Okay. The police, including Al Burkini, arrive and meet with Scott and Sharon Rocha at the park. They go back to the house. Burkini goes through shit, and he doesn't see any evidence of a struggle mm-hmm. or forced entry into the house. Like, that house is clean. Mm-hmm. At 12 a.m., Janie tells us, Scott voluntarily sat down with Detective Burkini that night for a one-hour interview. Oh, Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And here's what he said. He's now some people are saying Nancy Grace is saying he has his hands in his pocket because he's no, he didn't. His hands were out on the table. I looked mm-hmm. so whatever, Nancy Grace. So this Nancy is Grace saying, comes like, into every murder convinced that the person accused did it. She does. But this, but this is what I'm trying to say. Like, I tried to give Scott the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a lie that was told. His hands are out. They're clear on the table. He's not trying to hide them in this right. interview of Burkini. Right. So. He tells the detective about Martha Stewart and he says, I don't know what was on. Something about meringue. That's what he says. He says he went fishing just to get his boat in the water. He has no idea where Lacey is. And there's no problems with the marriage whatsoever. Nope, we're good. We're solid. Yep. yep. Um, later, Scott says he hears Burkini the first night in the driveway say he's suspicious of Scott. Speaking of um, things being good in a marriage and having an affair. I just have to say a funny thing. Last night we're lying in bed and Todd goes, as of late, you've gotten your nails done. You've changed your skincare routine. You went, got your hair cut. You got your eyelashes done. I'm having an affair. And I said, no, I'm depressed. He's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make myself feel better with myself. Just leave me alone, Todd. Don't ask any questions. Are you having an affair? No, I'm depressed. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's funny. So we get we get an old interview with Sharon uh, Rocha. Rocha, thank you. I don't know how old this interview is. I don't know, but she is telling us how sweet Lacey is, which Mm -hmm. we know this. Whatever. Okay. I started watching the Dateline. I didn't finish it. Um, and just I her wasn't best able friends. to watch it. I couldn't find it. Oh, I found it on Peacock. I couldn't find it on Peacock. I'm sorry. I listened to the audio version of it. Okay. But okay. yeah, her friends were very sweet. Yeah. If, I'd so, like to think if I were murdered and disappeared, that's how my friends would behave. 100%. <laughs> would you Would you go on Dateline? I would and be talk about all me? over Dateline talking about you. Okay, cool. Thank yes. you. So Lee says Scott was terribly upset when he called. In fact, he was so distraught 
that they thought he was saying she miscarried, but she was mm, saying he was missing. saying she was missing. Janie is still moved to tears when she remembers Scott calling her husband Joe and Joe just saying, I'm coming, brother. I'm coming. Mm -hmm. Susan, his sister, says, I flew out there the next morning. Like, just thought. All of this seems very normal. Yeah. Yep. You know, if you if you called Jenny and said, I just got arrested. Well, okay, not Jenny, maybe. If Jenny called you and said, I just got arrested. I would be there. You'd be mm-hmm. like, I'm coming, sister. Mm-hmm. You're right there. If I called Jenny and told her I got arrested, she'd be like, what, what'd you do? What'd you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How'd you earn this? So John Bueller is the head cop guy. Mm-hmm. Is that an official term? Yeah. Yeah. And he gets called head in cop, and he cop. meets Scott. And he says, Scott did not ask what they were doing with the case. Nope. He was disinterested and it was off-putting. That's what he says. Now, Lee says when Scott called and said he was at the police station, this is like night one, guys, like Mm -hmm. night one or two. It might be night two. No, I think it was night one. Yeah, because Lee was there by the time the next day happened. And they were grilling him. Lee advises him immediately to lawyer up and to not take a polygraph. Mm -hmm. Now, Scott had agreed to take a polygraph. By the way, we know that polygraphs are not admissible. But the two burglars did take polygraphs and passed with flying colors about what mm. time that the robbery happened. Okay. Just a little FYI. Okay. Okay. So um, they tried to pressure Scott into it, but, you know, he's not doing it. So then they tell the press that we hear them telling Scott, we're going to be telling the press that you're not cooperating. And he's like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Again, real bad advice from dad. Yeah. We have Ted Rollins, the Bay Area reporter, saying it was a quiet. This is interesting, too. He's Ted hot, right? Rollins, he's hot. And he hasn't aged. He hasn't aged. And he's yeah, hot. He's Ted Rollins is like, I was the only reporter on that street that day. My head was on a swivel. I would have seen a robbery happening. And um, I listened to a podcast with him that's very recent. And he's like... Oh, yeah, well, no, I was down the street, and I didn't really get up there till 5 or 6 o'clock. Like, he's changing. He has changed his story. The press conference start. Um, the search begins. The community all comes out. People come forward, say she was walking a dog. The police searched the house on December 26th. Janie says Scott had voluntarily left the police in, but when they came back a second time, they wanted Scott's consent to sign the search warrant in writing. Mm -hmm. Scott was freaked out by that. I think at his father's, you know, behest there did not sign it. Yeah. And so they executed the warrant and they went in. And this Mm -hmm. again, looks like Scott is being cagey, uncooperative cagey. John says, we wanted to get that search warrant to get in there and to see Scott. We mm-hmm. needed to be around him. We needed to know what he was doing, but he didn't give us permission, and we were desperately trying to clear him. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Gloria Gomez arrives. She thinks she's the most popular reporter to ever walk the earth. There's never... I mean, you know, Dan Rather, Walter Cronkite, Tom Brokaw, <laughs> Gloria Gloria. Gloria Gomez. <laughs> Um, so she's there. Ed Steele is another report, or another police person who says the media was crazy. It was really a learning curve for us. We had never been through anything like this. 
The neighbors are like, Ted Rollins was there every single morning. And then the satellite truck started to come in. So imagine living on that street. This is important to remember because it wasn't until December 27th that the the satellite trucks were all there and everything. Mm. So, you know, keep that in mind. Ted Rollins gets a quick conversation with Scott and he says, it was weird. I remember walking away from Scott that morning and saying, something's not right here. This guy doesn't want to be on camera. He wants nothing to do with us. And he's like, I just couldn't help but think if your your pregnant wife is missing, you want the camera. Oh my God. To say something. If Todd disappeared tomorrow, I would go in front of every news person. I could, I could be in front of every camera and be like, this is what happened. Find my husband. Yes. Yes. I mean, someone would have to break into our house and, you know, plot, pull him Gilbert Grape style out of the house because neither yep. of us leave anymore. But yeah. Yep. yep. He just says Scott was not acting like a grieving husband. He just wasn't. Yeah. Uh, we meet Ed, Scott's brother-in-law. He says Scott needed to stay strong, didn't want to appear weak, mm-hmm. and you never know how you're going to act in a situation. Okay. I Fine. will give you that. You have no, we have no idea what we, th- we think grief looks like what we see in movies. Correct. Correct. Because that's the only time we see this kind of thing, really. So Sharon and Dennis, Lacey's dad, speak to the press. While they're doing this, Dennis breaks down. He's sobbing. I remember that. Turn her breaking down, sobbing. And Gloria says, frankly, this is what we expected from Scott. Yeah. To see him at least shed one tear. One. Yeah. And and act somewhat worried. Um, Nancy Grace comes on screen. We don't need this. The thing I found interesting, and I didn't know this. Todd Todd told me he knew this, that Nancy Grace's fiance was murdered. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And now Mm -hmm. that explains everything about her. Yeah. She's just trauma spilling. Yep. Yeah. And she's taking her trauma out on everybody. Yep. Instead of the murder inspiring you to go get a law degree, also go to therapy. Yes, yeah. yes, some therapy might have helped her and a better hairdresser, but go on. So, oh, it's bad. So <laughs> she says, he just rubbed me the wrong way. And Great, re- congratulations. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you don't the, rest of friend? The, the rest of the family's begging for help and he's not at all. I just wrote, she's awful. She's awful. She really is. Two things can be true. Scott Pearson can be guilty and Nancy Grace can be awful and those two things are true. Yeah. So she's on Larry King nightly uh condemning this guy this is where Nightly. she got her big her big break she'd been yeah. in and around the like true this crime hot mom remember tot yeah mom? oh tot mom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tot mom was um what's casey her bucket anthony casey anthony yeah yeah so his siblings say that you know scott amanda scott was really busy he was coming up with strategies search strategies to uh oh, sorry search strategies to find lacy okay we see Sharon. She's still on Scott's side at this point. She's mm-hmm. like, Scott loved him, loved her. He has nothing to do with this. I mean, they were they were out there. Scott is our son. This, yep. You know, he's yep. grieving like we are. Great. Yep. So we get a little bit of their background. They were lovebirds, blah, 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 whatever. They weren't going to have kids, and then suddenly they were, and, you know, all this stuff. So now we learn about this burglary across mm-hmm. the street, and this is pretty important. There's a burglary at the house across the street, supposedly on the same day that Lacey went missing. At a press conference, they talk about the burglary. They're like, this is a lead. Like, they seem ready to Mm -hmm. pursue this. A witness says that they saw a suspicious vehicle and suspicious people. Don't be suspicious. Don't be (laughs) suspicious. 
at 11.40 on Christmas Eve. Which I was like, that doesn't make sense, though, because the dog was off the leash and the gate was open at 10.20. So even if you saw the burglars at 11.40, did they kill her and then hang around for an hour? Right. It's weird. So she claims there was a van and about three little Latino men. Now, two tall, lanky white guys are arrested for this (laughs) robbery. And they're driving a Honda. (laughs) So she did. Anyway, she says she didn't put it right away and she didn't put it together until she heard about the robbery. Mm -hmm. She says she walked outside the front door, told the police who were standing there. Sure. She says she remembers it because it was the same day Lacey went missing. However, the public didn't know Lacey was missing until Christmas Day. Right. So why would that be remarkable? Right. Okay. So the Roaches wanted the police to look into the burglary. There's a bunch of theories. They may have tried to rob the Peterson house and they killed Lacey. Then I guess they just decide to leave her corpse rotting there and go across the street and, mur- and rob the Right. House. And then come back know. without anybody noticing yeah. anything weird. Jackie Peterson's on the news begging the robbers to let her. I felt bad for Jackie Peterson. Oh. I really did. And just walk that when they walk out of court and people are just screaming at them. Every time they left the building, I'm it was, like, it was rough. This is still their kid. It's like, I'm sorry, kid. this is their kid. One of the it's things awful. I have a real problem with is this, this narrative that if Lacey saw these robbers robbing this house, that she would have went over and like put her finger in their face and yelled at them. No, you're calling no. the cops. You're just calling the cops. You're That's 900 all. months pregnant. You're a tiny little woman. You're calling the cops. And if they're as intimidating as these women are making it out to be, you're not going over there. Yeah, no. Four days later, they catch the burglars. Their names are Steve Todd and Glenn Pierce. And shortly after they arrest them, the police clear them of the Lacey um, murder or disappearance because they said the burglars did this on December 26th. This is where Ted, Ted Rollins is like, wait a second. I was there every day. There's no way this happened. Right. The, the burglars were able to say, we did this and at exactly 5.02 a.m., a news van pulled at this exact location down the street. A guy got out. They described what Ted Rollins was wearing. Mm-hmm. They said, we took off because we were spooked. No, The police have said part of what lends credibility to these burglars is that no one would have known where Ted was exactly and what he was wearing unless you were there. Right. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned. Little Miss Recap will be right back after these words. 
therapy is a safe place to work through those challenges. Therapy has also been a lifeline as I parent my teenage daughters. Working through some of my own stuff has made me a better mom. If you're thinking of starting, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to fit your schedule. BetterHelp matches you with a licensed therapist who fits your needs. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Little Miss Recap today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Little Miss Recap. So now we have a candlelight vigil. And it's December 31st. Everyone from Lacey's family is on the stage. Jackie's up there too. Scott, mm-hmm. nowhere to be seen. Nowhere. Nope. Sharon's a mess. More than a thousand people are there. Scott's slinking Am around. To, and there's a lot of pictures of him that are caught that he's smiling and chatting it up with people. Uh-huh. He's. I think he's liking the attention. It's fucking weird. It's, it's weird. weird. Um, Susan says, Scott and my daughter had a moment and Scott smiled at her. And that's the picture they took of him smiling. No, there were like five. That wasn't the only Right. One. It wasn't just him talking no. to his cousin or his niece. No. Episode yeah. two, we move into the media frenzy. There's like no other news happening at all. January 24th, the police call press conference. The press has no idea what's about to happen. And I wrote, oh my fucking God, Amber Frey comes out. Let's talk about Amber Fry for a second. Is it Fry? Fry. It's Fry. fry. Yeah. Sorry. It's spelled Fry, but it's Fry. Mm-hmm. Amber Fry comes out and reads a statement, and it is bonkers because it this is. would just not happen today. Mm-mm. Like, I, the police wrote this statement for her. Yeah. And she and, talks about it in the dateline. Like, yeah. they're driving to wherever they're having the press conference. I don't know if it's the police station or someplace else, town hall or whatever. And she's reading this statement that they wrote for her over and over again. So it sounds like she's saying it or like she's trying to be like, I I don't know what's going to happen. And then she has a panic attack, Mm -hmm. which of course she does. Yeah. Of course she does. I have. And I remember at the time being like, oh, what a terrible woman to have an affair. She had no, I believe 100% she had no fucking Mm -hmm. clue. She just thought her new boyfriend was cute and there might be a chance. Because don't forget, guys, this is 2003. There's no social media. No social media. You can't Google this dude. Nope. So now we see Nancy Grace telling us about her fiance, Keith, murdered. And I wrote this explains everything. Yes. At the same time, we see this backdrop of the Iraq war gearing up now. Yeah. They had no physical evidence. This is what we're told. Okay. Mm -hmm. Except, oh, yeah, they found a piece of. Lacey's hair on pliers at in the warehouse. Pliers. They never went into this in the documentary. No, they never heard they, anything about this. No, and then to hear, uh, to watch the Dateline that I watched, they talk about it. Well, I I want to hear what they said because yeah. I didn't get to watch yeah. it. But this one dude's like, I would hope a man would have his wife's hair all over his workplace. Oh my god, and all over his body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gross. Okay. My hair is not at Timmy's workplace. Guarantee it. Well, my hair could be because Todd works at home. So, yep. yeah. Yep. But yep. he's much more likely to have cat hair on him than my hair. Let's just be real. Yes. So, Amber, we now we learn a little bit about Amber. She's a massage therapist. She went through massage school. She has an 18-month-old daughter. She's introduced to Scott through a friend who Scott hit on and tried to take home. Mm-hmm. She says she has no idea he was married and they had met up on several occasions. 
He came to her Christmas party and it was moving forward really well. Now, the same night he went to Amber's Christmas party, Lacey had begged him to take her to the Christmas party she was going to Mm -hmm. because the weather wasn't great. And he made his eight and a half month pregnant wife drive in bad weather by herself. So he could go out to Amber's party. He told her he was meeting a client for work. He did meet a client for work for an hour and then went to Amber Fray's Amber Fry's Christmas party. Again, Amber did nothing wrong. No, Amber she didn't. Amber thought she had a new no, boyfriend. Yep. Who Amber her? actually did everything right. She did. Yeah. There's not a moment of where I'm like doubting her mm-hmm. honesty nope. and her nope. sincerity a single not second. At all. Not at all. I want to know what's happening to her now. Like, I feel like we don't talk about her current life. I hope she's happy. Well, and I found it interesting because in the documentary, she's like, I'm not saying whether he's innocent or guilty. Like, I did my part in this case and I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Yep. Mm-hmm. I testified. I did what I was supposed to do. I'm not talking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So she says she became suspicious when Scott told her he had lied to her. So what happened is one of her friends found out he was married. Right. So he has to come clean. Yeah. But what does he do? He tells her that he lost his wife. And that this would be his first holiday without her. December 9th. December 9th. Mm-hmm. A week people, later, he buys the boat. Yeah. And people were giving, like, it seemed like people were giving a hard time about the fact that she didn't press further to find out, like, how his wife died. If I'm just starting to date someone and they tell me yeah. that their spouse died, no, I'm not pressing. No. They'll tell me when they're ready. Again, they met in the beginning of November. This right. relationship is a month old. Yeah. So he said, you know, I'm leaving for Europe in a few weeks and I'll I'll talk to you later. Yep. Okay. She She's suspicious. So she has a friend check him out. And this friend hands her a copy of the newspaper with Lacey's picture on the front. Oh, can you imagine? And she's like, this sounds like my Scott Peterson. He's a fertilizer salesman. In Modesto. How in many? In Modesto. His name's Scott Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there are many Scott Petersons in the U.S., I'm sure, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. probably only one who's a fertilizer salesman in Modesto. Yeah. It's going out she, on a limb. She does the right thing and she calls the police immediately. Mm-hmm. John and Al Burkini go sit with Amber right away. They're like yeah. flying down their scoop speed to talk to her. And John says this ver- verified his impression that Scott was hiding something, especially since Al asked him if his marriage was OK and he said it was great. Mm-hmm. Amber works with them. She starts returning their calls. Now, New Year's Eve. To me, we talk about Cody Brown's greatest offense being yes. Isabel surgery. To me, this is Scott Peterson's greatest offense. Okay. He is at a candlelight vigil oh. for his missing pregnant wife, where his his mother and his mother-in-law are on stage pleading for her return. And he is on the phone with his mistress pretending he is in Paris. Amanda? I know. That's the part. I can I can excuse a lot of the things up to this moment. Yep. I can I can absolutely look at this up until this moment and go, okay, I have no idea how I'd react to sure. this. Mm-hmm. None. I, I give you a lot of latitude for how you, you're reacting to this. But you call Amber from not just called her and say i'm in paris you call her from the vigil from the vigil that's mm-hmm. where i was like oh you motherfucker mm-hmm. so you tell me where his mind is yeah and later he excuses this 
And he says, I was trying to get her to, I was trying to keep her strung along so that she wouldn't come go public. Right. No, you weren't because you could have no, called her after the vigil. Yep. Or you before. could have called her later that night. Yeah. There was no, Amber wasn't like, if you don't call me during the vigil, <laughs> I'm going public with something I don't even know about. There was <laughs> right. no threat. She's not even paying attention to this vigil. Mm-mm. I'm sure there's Mm-mm. vigils having in towns happening in towns next to me that I have no freaking clue about. Yeah. She had no idea about this. Because she didn't there, she didn't live in Modesto. No, there was absolutely no reason he had to do this. Nope. That told me everything I if you've ever been cheated on, I'm sure you have. I mm-hmm. have. There is a moment where your partner's like where a switch flips mm-hmm. and you are just not a priority anymore. Yeah. Like they've checked out their yep. body might still be there. They might be saying that they're tying up loose ends and going through, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they are mentally checked out. He is yeah. checked out. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. He's done with his relationship with Lacey at this point. Yes. Yes. So um, he also says in this prison phone call, and this was interesting, he saw what happened with Chandra, Chandra Levy and Gary Condit and how mm-hmm. when Gary came forward or when the, the affair was discovered, right. they stopped looking for Chandra, Chandra Levy. I'm wondering if he was studying that case. Because mm. ev- I think everything he did was very meticulously thought out. I think so, too. It's interesting. Did he? Because, I mean... As we said in a podcast, not even talk, I don't remember what we were talking about recently, but the reason we know Modesto, it was probably about Ty Wright because he's from Modesto. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only reason we know about Modesto is Chandra Levy and Lacey Peterson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and the Chandra Levy case was had just incredibly, happened. Had just happened and was incredibly well yeah. publicized. But I so, wonder yeah. if there was an incident in that case, I would have to look where somebody was cleared or something because of a time they were on a computer. Mm-hmm. Because he's real careful to set up this computer stuff. And doing this, doing the Google search for sunflower umbrellas. That's not what happened. I have all of that information. Okay, good. At the end. Okay. Okay. All right. So they, they start searching the Berkeley Marina. First of all, the cops are working with Amber. She's recording calls. They're not, she's not telling Scott. Okay. No. Nope. They start searching the marina, and why did I think they were searching? Yeah, the Berkeley Marina is on the San Francisco Bay. Correct. Right? I have that right. Okay. It's in the East Bay, yeah. Yeah. So they the search changes to a, a recovery mission, and Sharon is devastated by this. Oh, and God. Who would? Jesus. I know. I know. The police were convinced that the body was in the bay, and they couldn't find her. Sharon keeps continuing to defend Scott. Mm-hmm. No they leads were right. Happening. The body was in the bay. Yeah. Not right where no they were No leads looking. happening. So the family and Team Scott say the cops started to frame Scott at this moment because they mm-hmm. realized, you know, there were no leads. Right. There's nothing else to do. So let's go after him. The media, meanwhile, is going crazy. And they're like, oh, did he kill Kristen Smart during his college years? You know, <laughs> they have since found her killer. But yes, I just like the fact that they're like, wow, someone else disappeared at one point, you know, mm-hmm. 200 miles away. Did Scott mm-hmm. do that? It's like, mm-hmm. OK, let's stop. So the police pretty quickly clear Scott of that connection. But that sentiment and that idea is out there. Right. So Gloria says the cops were laser focused on Scott. But she also says, but there was good reason for that. Yep. Amber, meanwhile, keeps trying to trip him up. And he finally comes clean and she yells at him. Essentially, she says to him, you lied to me. 
you told me you lost your wife on December 9th. And he's like, well, there's a lot of ways you can lose someone. Yeah. As someone who has been divorced twice, there's no point at which I've ever said I lost my spouse. No, no, no. No. And John Bueller, the police detective, says, police detective, is that redundant? Yeah, probably. Yeah. The detective says, um, either he killed his wife or he's the unluckiest human on the face of the earth because he predicted his wife would go missing. (laughs) She did. And he was framed for it. (laughs) So. It's not funny. um, Now we have private investigator Gary comes in. He was hired by uh, Scott's attorney, Kirk McAllister. And he says there were very credible witnesses who saw Lacey walking that dog on December 24th. So one of the big things with this case is they don't know when Lacey was murdered. Right. We have no idea. And there's so many different um, accounts of seeing Lacey with Mackenzie. Correct. Now, the problem with that is Lacey's found, and guys, trigger warning, this gets rough. It's real. It's a... Her torso is found, okay, mm-hmm. missing limbs. And they could tell what pants she was wearing because the, the waistband was still attached. Right. There was still enough there. They were tan capri pants, maternity uh-huh. pants. Yeah. All these witnesses are saying that she was wearing, I think it was a black shirt, white pants, or white shirt, black pants. White shirt, white black shirt, pants. black pants. Because that's what Scott put on the missing poster. Yeah. That that's what she was wearing. So when they see that, they're like, oh, I think I saw a woman wearing white shirt, black pants. Sure. Walking a dog. There were, first of all, the prosecution brought up about 15 women from the neighborhood and neighboring area who walked their dogs around that same time. Right. And who were larger or pregnant. Yes. So like- these witnesses were not credible. Believe me, Mark Garagos would have called them to the stand if they had one ounce of credibility. Mark Garagos is a beast. Mark Garagos, we can have say a lot about him. He's done a lot of, um, you know, celebrity <laughs> yeah. defenses and things like that. The man's a fucking great attorney. He's a fantastic attorney. And, and if he thought any of these motherfuckers can, could hold up to cross-examination, he would have put them on the stand. And he didn't call and, any of them. Any of them. And you know what also we didn't talk about when we first talked about Amber Fry? Is it one of the pe- reasons people were going after her was because she had hired Gloria Allred? Yes. Yes. And Gloria came to her. Of course yes. she did, because that's all Gloria Allred does, is yes. come after the, you know, the woman who's been wronged. That's yes. what she does. Yeah, it's what she does. And that's And okay. she didn't know her history. She was just like, oh, good. Here's someone who wants to help me and knows you know, how to do this media shit that I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. You know who else she defended? Remember when we were watching The Crown? Dodie's oh, yeah. Jilted yes. Beyonce. Yes. Yes. <laughs> She's defended a lot of people, which is why I was like, which mm-hmm. one are we going with? So the witnesses, these eyewitnesses are like, the police never contacted me. Like nothing. Mm-hmm. And- Janie Peterson really wants you to know about these eyewitnesses. But again, their timelines are off. They all mm-hmm. the clothes are. And I read the case files and like the testimony. And they had a detective on the stand. I want to say it was that Ed Steele. And he was saying we had 3,000 tips come in of people who claim they saw her walking. Sure. 3,000. It always happens. And no one had it right. No one said she was wearing tan pants. No one had the no. timeline right. It nope. just wasn't right. No. So people are so suggestible. I know. That's I know. what we forget. And it's not that they're doing anything wrong. They're just like, oh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I might have seen that. Mm-hmm. So the detectives hear that the National Enquirer has learned about Amber. So mm-hmm. they have to do something. So yeah. they immediately go and they tell Sharon and Ron. Sharon wrote to him, Ron. Sharon immediately says, why did he have to kill her? Yep. The family immediately turns on Scott and things got ugly. Like, I don't oh. know if you know how ugly they got, but they were suing each other. Oh, I didn't the know The Petersons would not let the Roaches come into the house and take things of Lacey's. Sharon Rocha had to break in and get Lacey's wedding dress and diary. Oh, swear to God. God. Okay. So brother Ed and sister-in-law Janie are like, wow, we were just, we were disappointed. And then after that, the support just dried up. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much say now, now the narrative is, well, this is why he was staying away from the cameras. He didn't want his girlfriend to see. Mm -hmm. This is why he was being weird. Okay. So episode three, ugh, Donald Rumsfeld. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about his beady little face. Yep. We see Amber's press conference. We see Gloria Allred come up. Um, Gary and Scott McAllister try to talk. Scott Peterson out of going on national television. This is another. Wow. He goes on the national Diane television. Sawyer interview. He goes, he goes on Diane Sawyer. He says he wants people to keep looking. Okay. He tells Diane Sawyer that, yeah, I told the police about Amber right up front. First night when I sat down, Brookini, we have the video. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. He says he told Lacey about the affair in early December and she wasn't thrilled about it. But we were, yeah. we were going to get through it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because every, you know, eight-month pregnant woman, when they find out their husband's having an affair, mm-hmm. first of all, is fine with it. Second of all, again, I'm going to go back to the relationship that Sharon and Lacey had. There's no world in which she's not telling her mother this. Well, no it's world. interesting because Scott had cheated twice before. Okay. Now, I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. And Lacey didn't tell anybody. Supposedly. This is coming from... Just read it, okay? So okay. I don't know if it's true or not. Okay. Um, but she did make comments about Scott, like not being ready for fatherhood. She mm-hmm. thought he was going through a midlife crisis. She was getting annoyed with his behavior. He was spending a lot of money. He bought, did you know he ordered fake degrees from a fake university? No, I did not know that. One was a divinity degree. Oh. And one of the girls that he was seeing or running around with, it might have even been Amber, I'm not sure, was uber religious. Got it. Mm-hmm. I see. He spent three hundred dollars on fake degrees, and yet they were having money problems. And they're expecting having money problems. Um, also, to, so one thing I learned from the Dateline documentary: so they'd been married for five years. They'd been together for like seven or eight. They had been trying to get pregnant, and it took them a long time. Lacey really wanted to have a baby. They kept trying, and it sounded like. Not, there's no one out. I haven't seen any evidence and you've dug way down deeper than I have where someone was like, yes, Scott out, Scott came out and said, I don't want a child. I don't want Lacey to have this baby. No one says that. But he didn't seem real pumped about it either. Apparently he said years before that he didn't want a kid. Now my husband has said that. That's not my husband thing. Yeah. It's not a big thing. No. People People change their mind about that. People change their mind. Again, going to give Scott Peterson the benefit of the doubt on that one. That's not a- Particularly, I think, younger men. Yeah. I just don't think younger men are 
are socialized in the way that women are to start thinking about having a baby when they're like 10. Correct. Correct. So we have footage of Mark Garagos defending Scott on Larry King. So Larry King, for all of you young whippersnappers, had a show on (laughs) CNN nightly, and he usually had Nancy Grace on, and her foil was Mark Garagos. Yes. And so they would go Those were fun, actually, to watch. They would go at it. It reminded me of, what was the show with James Carvel and Paul Begalia? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. No, it was was Paul Begalia. Crossroads. Thank you. Who was on that show? Was it Tucker Carlson? It might have been Tucker Carlson. Let me look that up. I think it was. I, Counterpoint? I, no, Crossroads? Crosspoint? Hold on here. Hold on here. All I know is I remember John Stewart getting on there and really giving it to Paul Begalia. Yeah. And I he was Paul like, Begalia. and the reason is he was like, we need to stop this crazy discourse. Yeah. Uh, Crossfire. Crossfire. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was it Tucker Carlson? It was on the left, Stephanie Cutter or Van Jones. Mm. On the right. Oh, this is a, I I think this is a reboot. I think this is a reboot of the show. You got to go back, Amanda. Back to old. Yeah, no, no. I found, no, no, I totally found this. And initially it was Tom Braden and Pat Buchanan. And Michael Kinsley for a while later. My fever dream is Tucker Carlson and Paul Begalia. Yes. Uh, Madeline left the program. So Buchanan left the show at the time. Mary Madeline, who is um, what's his bucket's wife? Carvel's. Carvel's, James Carvel's wife. Mm -hmm. And then Paul Begalia and James Carvel replaced press on the left. So yes, it was Tucker Carlson and Paul Begalia and James Carvel. Wow. That's that's where we first got Tucker Carlson coming out of the primordial ooze. And how funny is it that I only got there because I remember Jon Stewart making an appearance. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And that the next thing on the uh, Wikipedia page is Jon Stewart's appearance. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was really important. It was it really was. important. Okay. So we have footage of Mark Ergos, like I said. Now, on April 14th, 2003, they find Lacey's body. Mm-hmm. Again, a torso. They find... <sighs> baby Connor the night before the DA told John that he would not take this to trial without a body. So John was like, we were, you know, as terrible as it is, we were thrilled to have a body at least. Sure. And I imagine that that is some kind of comfort for the parents. I know it's, it's It's also finality, but it's like, I couldn't imagine a worse fate than your child just be missing. Same. Never knowing. Yes. Because every day you're living in hope. Sharon's heart was destroyed that day but at least she wasn't yeah at that point you can not that you even heal from it because you don't heal from it you just learn to but live you can with start it. to move forward you can start to do something yeah. with your life and work forward so a dog walker had found the body and like i said connor had been found 18 hours earlier family's devastated her brother sure. sobbing giving oh, a press brother. conference oh my scott heads our... down to san diego because he's so distraught he has to go live with his family down in san diego the police have a arrest warrant, but they're not serving it unless absolutely necessary. And they're not to tell Scott about the DNA confirmation, like mm-hmm. until it's in. Okay. Family Peterson is going golfing. They're gonna as, they're gonna have a foursome today. As you do. Mm-hmm. They're now keep in mind, they have found the bodies right. at this point. And you go golfing. Yeah, you don't. Well, Get in your car and fly up there and wait outside the medical examiner's office and 
be freaking out and oh my god is it her is it her no no just golfing yep and that's why he has brother's id because he needed to get the you know resident rate the family peterson is going golfing and scott can't go because these fucking reporters are following him he's like there's this weird press even though um all accounts have that he jumped out of the car at one point and said why don't you just fucking arrest me at some point but i guess he thought the press could arrest him because he thought these were press So he says he's driving crazy. He's flipping them off. He finally pulls into Torrey Pines golf course and he gets arrested there. And his dad, who my mom pointed out, looks very much like Alan Alda, is very upset about this. He does look like Alan Alda. I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, totally. I love Alan Alda. If you don't think my mom and I have been talking about this case for the last week. Then we don't know you. Then you don't know us. So they went through his car. He had camping gear, his brother's Mm -hmm. identification, four cell phones. And close to $15,000 in cash. And they're transporting him. They tell Scott on the way up, by the way, DNA's in. It's Lacey. No reaction. Scott says now in a phone call that he didn't want the detectives to see him sweat. Uh, Maybe they needed to see you sweat, dude. (sighs) Particularly because at this point he knows how the press is talking about him. He knows. Yes, he knows. He knows people are looking at him funny. Like, why aren't you ripping your hair out next to Sharon going, find my wife, find my wife, find my wife. Yes. And you're just like, oh, cool. They pull into the jail, Amanda, and there's a mob screaming at him, similar to how Cody Brown experiences his life when he pulls Absolutely. into Absolutely. It's, it's, yes. to- it's Cody Brown's experience at Target. We understand. <laughs> Toady Brown. Janie says... These facts were so distorted. Tory Pines is 30 miles from the border, so he wasn't at the border. Okay, fine. Okay. He dyed his hair to change his appearance, okay? Now, somebody says, I forget what reporter it is. Somebody on Team Scott says, there's a picture of him meeting with the lead detective looking the same way, and they show a picture of it, and I'm like, no, he's not. He doesn't look blonde in that picture. What are you talking about? No. He had his brother's ID supposedly to get a discount at the golf course. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. And I wonder no. how much of a discount you're going to get. And and are you going to be holding on to your brother's ID for a long period of time? And why do you need a discount when you have 10 grand in cash in your car? Right. You can't afford the 50 bucks versus the 40 bucks? Right. So, oh, the cash was because mom accidentally took it out of his account and didn't want to give it right back to him because it might flag a hold. Okay. Yeah, because everyone takes $15,000 out of someone's account. So poor Scott was railroaded is basically what Janie is saying. Um, Okay, so then we have his arraignment. It's like a zoo. Scott comes in, finally shows a little motion with a little quiver of Mm -hmm. his chin there. More sobs from Sharon. She can't even say his name. In every press conference, she's saying the person who did this, the person Uh who did this. They decide to seek the death penalty after talking with Lacey's family, which is not a decision the family should make. I'm just going to say that. No. It's not a decision the family should make. If somebody, God forbid, hurt one of my children and they asked me, do you want this fucker dead? I'd be like, yes. Yes. And I want to do it. Right. So like, yeah, the that's family why you should not be making that decision. That's why they can't. That's why mm-hmm. we have to get emotion out of it. Because again, I'm completely anti-death penalty in all ways, shapes and forms. Someone hurts someone I love. I want to, f- I want, not only do I want them dead, I want to do it. Yeah. 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 
So, so no, they can't make this decision. Their lawyer's like, uh, this case is a little out of my league here. <laughs> a little much for me. I think I'm done. So they're like, so this is wild. Because then it's like, oh, we're just going to use a public defender. But then friends called them and they're like, no, 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 no. Like, do mm. whatever you got to do. You need to get this guy a fucking lawyer. Like, he's going to fry for this. It's really interesting. So, so they go from public defender to, to million-dollar Mark Garagos. <laughs> Who paid for Mark Garagos? Well, I'm going to tell you something. They didn't pay him his full bill. They still owed him $250,000 when the trial was over. I'm surprised that's all they owed him. Me too. And they also put a big mortgage against Lacey's house, Lacey and Scott's okay. house, supposedly. Allegedly. 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 See, I don't know how it works in California. I'll do a little digging into this before we record the second half. Mm -hmm. I know in Pennsylvania, so again, my first husband, Charlie, was a public defender. In Pennsylvania, to defend a capital case, Mm -hmm. you have to have gone through additional training as an attorney to do that. Right. It's it's literally called death penalty qualified. You have to have done a lot of litigation ahead of time. Like you're not walking out of law school – Defending a death penalty case. Right. The state is smart enough to go, mm, you're, we need the big guns for this. This yes. is too important. Yes. I wonder if that is the same in California, in which case I wonder, like, what- I would think so. I would think so. I, I just, I'll do a little digging. I wonder what the, I wonder what the public defender versus Mark Garagos piece would look like. Anyway, just Oh my God. Yeah. Mark was very press friendly. He oh, had, yeah. you know, he had had some high- Profile cases. I almost said highfalutin. That's my Graham's language coming in. There we are. Highfalutin. Um, he's always texting reporters and talking to them. We meet Matt Dalton, who's the guy who was driving me nuts that looks mm-hmm. like the dude from Empty Nest and Golden Girls. Right. He's the lead attorney, and he investigated the fuck out of this, he who says. I find really attractive. He's He is a holdie, 100%. He a holdie. He's a smarty pants. He's a holdie. I'm into mm-hmm. it. So everyone thought the prosecution had more than they did. And he goes through this the discovery. There's 30,000 pages of documents. He gets to know Scott because he visits him a ton of times. Yeah. And he's like, Scott had zero indication of violence in his background. That is not, neither did Chris Watts. Yeah. Family annihilators rarely have a history of violence. Uh-huh. That's not always the case. Right. Yes, Domestic violence can turn to murder, and many times it does. But there are also a lot of people out there who murder their families who've never committed a crime. I don't think Chris Watts ever killed, like, a bug before. He was such a, like, timid weirdo. Right. Yeah. So they believe Scott attached an anchor around each of Lacey's limbs and dumped her body into the bay. Mm-hmm. A private detective says, I interviewed people who saw Scott at the marina, saw his boat go out, and didn't see anything in it. Now, we hear from the one guy who says, well, we don't hear from him, but the detective tells us what the guy said. Oh, he looked in the boat and he couldn't couldn't recall Scott's face, but mm-hmm. he, he knew it was the boat and right. there was nothing in it. Mark Aragos isn't going to put that on the stand. You can't no. identify that it was Scott? Yeah. No, no. Come on. So, private detective thinks this could have changed the case. I just wrote, no, no, it wouldn't have. Mm-mm. Matt Dalton says he showed the autopsy photo of Scott's baby to him. Mm-hmm. Scott got so upset, he stopped eating, wanted to die. And I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. I either. don't doubt that. 
At one visit, they started writing stuff because everyone was listening. Matt Dalton's like, I was yelling at them through the glass that they were hacks and they blew the case. And I came out and my <laughs> tires were slashed. <laughs> now, Not this, this little cutie pie legal expert takes Mark Garagos's spot on Larry King Live. Mm-hmm. Did you see this guy? I don't mm-hmm. know his name, but. Mm. And he has to go up against Nancy Grace. And he's like, I'm woefully unprepared for this. Yeah. And he does tell Nancy, like, you convict people with five minutes of evidence. Like, you need to stop. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Nancy Grace is a scourge. Yeah, she needs to go away. She does. Legal expert says, that's the guy. I call him, I call him little cutie pie or legal expert. Okay, cool. He says, television should not be litigating cases. And I agree. LCP, little cutie I, pie. LCP. Yeah, LCP. The memorial service happens. It's wild. It's huge. One of the reporters yeah. says she covered Elvis's funeral and it wasn't as big as this. Mm-hmm. She's ba- Lacey's buried on her birthday. The Petersons do not come and classy Jackie sends a, a nice message to the press saying like out of respect for Sharon and the family, we're not doing this. Okay. That was a classy move. It was. And, that was the know. right thing to do. Now Scott's family, Janie in particular, recalls spending time with Scott. And just being with him as he sat there shackled. And that's it. That's the end of the first three episodes. That, so so now we see where Scott is in prison. Yes. yes. And we will pick up the next three in our next recording. So there will. will be a part two to this 100%. I knew we weren't going to get through this in one episode. No fucking no, I way. I knew we weren't either. I mean, Amanda, I can't even tell you how invested people are in this case. Still, there are entire Reddit boards dedicated to Scott Peterson's appeal team. That's okay, spat. Yep. spat. Yep. And then uh, Scott Peterson still murder. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Go on nuts. It's, it's interesting. It, it, this is, I mean, I'm sure I, I have zero doubt that this is something that's gotten studied in like media classes and universities, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. just the media's impact on this case yeah and how how all of us saw scott and lacy based on who we were listening to yeah and i i think you know and dr adam talked a little bit about this why we're obsessed with people like cody brown and stuff Mm -hmm. like that it's like this is a human story and we've all been burned in some way like we could put ourselves in the shoes of lacy maybe Mm -hmm. you could put yourself in the shoes of amber who knows yes you know, we've all been in one of these positions. And yep. so, like, it's interesting. It's just the human dynamics that play out. You're like, oh, my You're God, lucky this is if getting crazy. Gotten to our age and you haven't dated a, an asshole. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Ugh. I know. Some people some people made it, not not us. I have friends who are single. They're going through it. Oh, I it's, know. There's slim pickings out there, guys. I'm sorry. I don't yeah. know what to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will say this. We will pick up in part two, so please go over to that if you've liked this. And that's it. I can't talk anymore. Okay. I do want to talk in our next episode about how much I love Maureen Orth. Yes. She was the reporter, right, that I mentioned covered- from Vanity Fair. Yeah. Covered- uh, married Tim Russert. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. He gets an RIP, right? Oh, he gets an RIP. No, but I mean, he's dead, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. He died before the 2008 election. He gets an RIP. He gets a celebratory plaque. He gets the memorial, a la you with Janelle. Whatever video he wants there, it's probably Barack <laughs> wow. Obama doing the two Americas. Okay. Oh, I think Tim Russert mm. 
was a national treasure. Did you have the hots for Tim Russell? It sounds like no, I never had the hots for him. I just loved, I face the nation or um, meet the press has never been the same since Mm. he died. Mm. And without, uh, I won't say this. I'll tell you this later. I won't say this part. But I love Tim Russell <laughs> so much. It's just super political. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we try not to do that. Um, well, we try not to do that. But that leads me into my next thing. There's a lot of people like there's a lot of, oh, we should have been paying more attention to the war. If, you're, if your options were this or like a war that you didn't want and you knew we were going to lose and was catastrophic, right. you pay attention to this. This is yeah. This is more interesting. A lot of us had to had to just bury our heads with with what was going on, and but and I, that's privilege in being able to do so. Oh, I, I completely understand that. I love the shots of reporters in the Middle East talking about Lacey Peterson. I know, like Dan Rather. Yes, like yeah. what the fuck. By the way, if you ever have the chance, listen to Dan Rather on Howard Stern. It happened oh. in like 2019, maybe. Oh, okay. He talks about Vietnam. I could listen to him talk about Kennedy in Vietnam for uh, 17 I love hours. I rather so much. Ugh, love him so much. All right, Amanda, thank you so much. Guys, again, if you want to support the show, jump on our extra paid, 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 extra, extra, extra feed. Or just leave us a review. If you don't have money right now, that's fine. You that's could cool. support the show in a numerous in numerous ways. Tell your and, friends. Yep, tell review. your friends. Share the show. Leave a review. All those things help. So thank Absolutely. you so much. And we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Bye. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.